You are listening to The Forecast, Season 1, Episode 17. This episode is dedicated to Bugsy Moran. We also remember the victims of the Westminster terror attack. because that's what Joe always does. Um, talking about Joe, he's not here. I'm here. I'm Eric. I'm hosting this one. Uh, sorry. Um, with me are today are the benevolent Keith, uh, Jason and uh, Vess. Hiya, guys. How are you? Hey, guys. Yeah. No, all good. All good. A little bit more enthusiasm coming from you, Eric, as the moderator, moderator please. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll try to smile more um, because that really works well on these uh, on these podcast thingies. Um, you don't see it, but I'm really grinning from ear to ear. Um, so, okay, um, talking about the uh, smiling thing, um, something that is not something to smile about happened today. Um, the club parted with Ronnie Moran who died at the age of 83 after a 49 years spell at Liverpool. Uh, we will be talking about him. Um, going from there, we will talk a bit uh, about the City game. Then we'll obviously do the preview of the Everton game. Uh, interesting discussion. What we will do if Henderson is fit. Um, then we'll have a look at the international games, who plays where, and do we expect something of it, or do we just basically decide that we all don't care about the international games. And then we will have another myth to bust, um, that will be in a separate section. So um, uh, we will save that for later. Or Basically, you've seen this written down when you're listening to this. So... Um, the myth is, do FSG and Klopp underestimate what star power means in England? And we will be on that more later. Uh, first of all, Ronnie Moran, Keith. Um, well, you're basically as old this, as This is, a, this is an was, ageism. So. You're only giving me Ronnie Moran because I'm the eldest on the show. I, I did just speak. Because I, no, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I did speak before to Vez and he said, I, I don't know anything, I'm too young. So we played the ageism card. Uh, Jason has been uh, looking into things today. He will be talking a bit about him. Um, but yeah, because you're basically almost as old yeah. as, he, uh, as he is. So um. uh, oh, 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 almost. I got some underwear as old as him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so what he, does Ronnie he, Moran when you, when when we say Ronnie Moran? What does that mean? What does it ring? It means the boot room. Let's face it. 
he was one of the original members of the boot room. Look, he's had he's had a he's had a long career before that, and let's not discount that he played from 52 to 68. Uh, he had 343 appear, appearances for Liverpool. Uh, actually, he scored 16 odd, odd goals. A uh, couple of years as a caretaker coach from for Dalglish and Sunas. So listen, he's had that, but I think. The biggest impact from Ronnie, Ronnie Moran, apart from being a Pisces like me, uh, we could use him right now as a left back, um, <laughs> is, is that Shankly saw something in him and Shankly brought him in to, to, to the boot room. And that what a boot room that was with Shankly, Paisley, Fagan, Bennett, and obviously Ronnie Moran. Um, He's synonymous with uh, with Liverpool football football club for the old timers. I mean, going back uh, over the years, and uh, he was steeped in in what Shankly wanted to to accomplish. And he was never one for taking the limelight. He did all the hard yards behind the scene, a bit like the brain and and everything behind Klopp. When you had the big personalities of Shankly, the big personality but quiet of Paisley, um, Moran was part of that team and uh, he's going to go down as a Liverpool legend which is right and uh, he will be forever uh, remembered and uh, rest in peace Ronnie Moran you will you you will never be forgotten and you'll never walk alone well that's as good as it gets um, Jason uh, anything you want to add to it yeah yeah um, so uh, w- one thing that I heard about um, Ronnie Moran is that uh, he was very good at um, keeping the players grounded you know, especially when we've gone through uh, the the younger players and that sort of thing when they first came into the team, he was uh, uh, kind of key to bringing them through and um, making sure that they didn't get too big for their boots. Kind of good at pe- putting people in in their place, um, and that he wasn't afraid to give his opinion to anyone, whether they are a star player or the manager. Um, obviously, uh, everyone in the club had a lot of respect for him, uh, and even half- after he retired, he was still known to visit Melwood and uh, walk around. So some of the newer players had to be kind of told who this this guy was uh, walking around the um, the club after he'd retired. Uh, what one thing I find interesting. Um, uh, Keith kind of alluded to it, saying that he liked to be in the background and so on. But he never went on to manage um, even a game for Liverpool. Yeah, he's been, no, he he's did. Been, no, he didn't. was caretaker. You know, he was caretaker. I think he he, he had about ten games in total that he that he managed as right. a, as a caretaker when Douglas stepped down and uh, when Sooners got fired. Uh, but he, he started off uh, as, a, as, a, as a reserve team manager along with Joe Fagan. That's where he cut yeah. his teeth on the, on, the, on the management side. Yeah. So, yeah, what he never sought the limelight. He never what, what sought you, the limelight. What do you make of it that he never went to, on to actually manage full time? Well, I, th- I think he was just that personality. He loved to be part of, of the Liverpool setup. He, he, you know, he was there his entire life, basically. And when you when it's it's like the brain with Klopp set up, he's he's happy yeah. to work with with a Klopp type personality, um, and 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 giving his input and being part of this whole successful team. You know, not not everybody can be the lead singer of the of the band. 
somebody has to play the the bass guitar and the drums. So so I think he was happy with his role. He was comfortable, and I think that's where it suited and fitted him best. He didn't have one of those big personalities to go into a dressing room and and yell and scream. He would take them aside quietly and ground them, tell them what the club is about, give them the ethos of the boot room mentality. And that's what he did. His best work is behind the scenes and let uh, the people like Shankly, Paisley uh, and everybody uh, do what they did best. Yeah, I read an interesting quote from, um, I think it was John Barnes, um, basically seconds after they, they've won the league, uh, they were in the um, in the dressing room having a bit of a fest, and Ronnie came in with all the medals in, in some plastic bag, and he dropped them on a table, and he said, right, lads, four weeks to pre-season. You know, all about, this is, this is nice, what we go on, we move on next year, new yeah. prizes, hard work every day. Um, that really struck me because that's that winning mentality um, that we just currently don't have. And it's not for the one to try. And, but, you know, winning isn't ingrained in the club at the moment. Well, it, you know, how can how can it be ingrained in the club when you get Brennan Rogers who hasn't won anything, you get Roy Hodgson, Who's who's got thirty years of mediocrity? Uh, we just haven't had those leaders. We had it with Rafa. Uh, we had it a bit with the old Jedi. I'm not, never a fan of Jedi, um, but we're getting it back. That winning mentality, that the desire, that hunger that Klopp brings, and the pedigree that he's done it before. That people can say, "Yeah, he knows what he's talking about." We must listen to this man. Uh, we're getting back to that. And I hopefully Klopp will instill his own type of boot room regime at Liverpool and get the players believing once again. Well, he's got he's got Pep, Pep Linders, the uh, Dutch coach who, coming through the ranks, who has done some, some very interesting interviews about that. Um, you know, with, with uh, I don't know, what's his name? Peter Kravich? Kravich? Um, and uh, and Bullfatch, he hasn't got lads who have written over them that they will manage, but uh, Pep is certainly one who's looking to get into management. So, um, yeah, he's getting a bit of that, um, of that Boudreau-esque um, thing, you know. I of really course, uh, Steven Gerrard moving into the, uh, into a coaching role as well. Yeah, that, yeah. Will, that will be great. Um, and it shouldn't just stop with him. And maybe Stevie won't be a coach or a manager, but if he can move into, I don't know, the, the what Stevie Highway did uh, in, in the, back in the day um, for the for the for the academy, or um, you know the, the things that Ajax are doing, they've upgraded um, Van der Sar from. Um, uh, you know, he, he came in as head of marketing just to, to learn the ropes of what it's like to, to run around in an office. And now he's he's actual manager. Mark Overmars is, is is head of football in affairs or something, you know, basically a technical director. You know, that's that's something that 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 instills a certain way where you can say, Okay, we are a business and that's all fine. But we are first and foremost we're a football club. And we are about winning. Overmars, Van der Sar, all these players, you know, they're, they're big, big players. They've won loads and loads of things. They know what it's like to win. 
So when you play for a club and you know that Van der Sar is the leader of the boardroom, that Mark Overmars, who won UEFA, the Europa Leagues and Champions Leagues and what have you, um, he's the one doing the contract. You know you're in a place that's about football and that's about winning. Um, so yeah, Steven Gerrard, really, really good call. It's going to be interesting to see if he does make that transition. There's not many really famous uh, footballers that can make that transition. I mean, Maradona is is probably one of the best failures uh, in terms of of, of that. Uh, you, you look at Van Basten; he never went into it. Gillett no, never went yeah, into did. it. Yeah, no, he went into it, but he, he he's not synonymous with being a great manager. Yes, mm. we got Cummins. Yes. Definitely, uh, you, you know. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so it, it 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 is it is a hit or miss. I think if we look at Stevie, he was an intelligent player. Um, he inspired others around him by by sheer force of personality and his playing ability. He's probably got a better shot than most at making that transition into managerial. But time will tell. There's no givens here. I really want us to get Xabi Alonso back as well. I uh, was listening to an interview with him, um, uh, who uh, the lads from the Enfield Rep uh, did with him. Um, it was an incredible interview. Um, but, you know, listening to him talking about football, um, that makes you think, we need that lad. He's going to be a manager some way. Um, the way he understands the city, the way he understands the club, and the way he gets winning—you know—he's he's he's won everything. He's won mm-hmm. the World Cup and the European Cup twice with Spain. Um, still not sure that he should have won the World Cup uh, in in 2010, but fair enough. <laughs> um, he's <laughs> um, he's he's going to to maybe win the uh, Champions League with the third uh, with, with a third club and only Seedorf managed that ever before him so um, you know winning the Champions League with three different clubs um, he knows everything about winning he knows everything about football um, I heard uh, um, Jamie Carragher talking about him and he said um, before we signed him he was already on the phone with Rafa saying I think we can improve here saying we need to do this and we need to play this type of football. And if you say that's what you want to do, I'll come. How was that yeah. for a 22-year-old? That at least he was always a class player. And if we had FSG uh, at the time when Rafa took over, we would have a dynasty right now if he had the backing and the support. Mm. Just wanted to say something. You could always go the the Mourinho route instead of uh, the other way, uh, with his motto is to err is to is human. To blame it on someone else shows man- management potential. Well, interesting. Mourinho is all about winning. He is mm. always busy with winning. He's He will always do all these things to divert attention, to blame somebody, to get a scapegoat, yep. to take the blame, take the heat, do whatever, take pressure away from his players, I think he's a tit, but he is all about winning, and that's why he always wins with his clubs. I hate the football think, he represents, but I think I think it's being unkind part, of you being unkind to tits. 
<laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Personally, personally, I think this game against Middlesbrough that they played on Sunday was the perfect, perfect example of Mourinho football. Uh, Middlesbrough actually had over 60% possession in that game. and uh, But Mourinho, his team scored in the first half and then they just let Middlesbrough play and not exactly park the bus, but they, they play defensively and hit him on the counter. And they won. He, find, he finds ways to win, which is exactly. irritating. Exactly. Fucking he, irritating. He will do <laughs> what he needs to do to win, even if that means letting Middlesbrough take the ball and do, do whatever they want with it. Yeah, well, you, you can give Burrow the ball for 90 minutes, walk off the pitch, come back, and they haven't scored. <laughs> They're absolutely terrible. So, um, yeah, I was pretty annoyed that they didn't have the new manager bounce. You know, you, you could see from Hull that they really had that bounce. They, it really started to click and he really started to go back to work and, and uh, the Leicester thing. Uh, and, and once you really could tell something had changed, this Borough side this is absolutely, is absolutely terrible. terrible. They've just not got the players, have they? They're going down, along with Hull and Sunderland. Yeah, Hull seems to have lost it already. Mm. And I can't see Sunderland getting out of the the mire, as they say. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a shame because I would have loved to see Moyes do another season of this. Yeah. I would have loved to see Fat Sam go down. Oh yeah, like. with with all my heart. I'm a, uh, I I would give anything. To see him get relegated. And now all the fat bastard needs to do is take points with Sako from the better teams. You know, that was, a, um, I think, was the first season Mourinho came back to, to Chelsea. Uh, he sent Lukaku on loan to Everton, I think. And Everton took away points from basically everybody. And he couldn't, obviously, he couldn't play against Chelsea, and Chelsea took six points from Everton because they had nobody else. Didn't they do something like that with one uh, Mata as well? If they sold him at a point where United wouldn't play against Chelsea yeah, anymore, I think, that that was in, I think that was in the contract that he couldn't play the first game against them, something like that. Yeah. 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 So. You know, did, you, oh shit! We play, we play Palace. No, no, soon we, as we, well. we still need to play them. Yeah, well, yeah, least, but Sako seems the 20th, to be twenty-third April. We play them at yeah. home. Sako seems to be um, one of the main players that is is taking care of the revival. And if he I, goes I, away, I, 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 let's let's just hope um, they will have a bad day. I, I've, got, I've got a feeling Klopp made a mistake here. Yeah, he might not have liked Sarko, but Sarko would have played a role. And we probably could have used him and needed him. He could have got rid of him at the end of the season if it was that def- the divisive. But I think, I think, I, I think pride over um, common sense got the better of Klopp at this stage. I think, and he wanted I think to make a, team building. And he made a point. I think it's I think it's team building. You can't say, okay, you, you're a reasonable defender, and I think you're okay and you're funny, but you you couldn't give a single shit about team thematics and and no, the rules, no, no. And I, the rules I, I, that I'm we apply cri- to the team. So you, yeah, you can't. I'm not say, I, want ev- I want everybody to do what they need to do, and you're okay. 
he's not better than Matip. He isn't better than... Well, he really isn't better, better. Than, than most of our starting eleven. He's just one okay. Of the so guys. he's he's not better than Lucas. Your favourite starting eleven. <laughs> but we we had injuries. We could have used. No, I, I, I get that. We, but you we, don't. We say. could have banished him. We you, could have you, banished him to the to the reserves that under twenty three for half for half the season. And then when the injuries got bad, we could have pulled him up and utilised him. Uh, there's there's different ways. I I don't criticize Klopp for doing it I just say I think we missed him yeah well I, I don't I think the only thing we should have done is anticipate on it and get a top defender in this, this summer 100% 100% but it's still it's the matter of the fact is we missed him when we had the injuries oh yeah or Obviously, we missed we, we missed, missed a replacement as we, well if I, with the injuries I would actually say actually that we the really missed thing in the City game the other day that uh, perhaps he might have been a bit quicker to react than Clavan, for example, to the City girl. Mm-hmm. No, I think we've missed him. I, I, I don't criticise Klopp for making a point and sticking to that point and building the team. But I, I, I think a, a fit and firing Sarko integrated in the team would have been a hell of a, a, a big benefit for us this season. Well, he's hardly fit, is he? He's always had, no. had injuries and, and issues with his fitness, so... Yeah, look what he's doing at Crystal Palace. He's making a difference. I think he could have made a difference. But anyway, water under the bridge. Uh, it's not going to change the fact that he's not with us. So, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, okay. Talking about moving on. Um, I think we've covered the Ronnie Moran thing and the boot room um, thing that he represents. Um, just, just one more thing on that, Eric. Um we did mention Carragher earlier. Does anyone see him coming back, in, or has or, or he moved over to the dark side now with Sky? I think as long as Klopp is here, that there will there will be no place for Carragher. Can I tell you an interesting story? I don't know if anybody knows uh, a rugby coach, Nick Mallet. No, because nobody he, cares about rugby. But go on. No, uh, he, but he was a, one of the most successful South African Springbok rugby coaches. He's now commentating. And I've met him a few times and spoken to him. And I said, Nick, you were one of our best managers. Why aren't you back in coaching? He says, Keith, I can sit in a studio, talk shit, get paid a shitload of money. I don't need the hassle. I don't need the pressure of what management brings. And I think Carragher is sitting there, he can say and he can criticise and do what he wants without any comeback because it's his opinion. Would you want to go into football management if you had that cushy job? I think you'd like to go into coaching, not management, but coaching. But I, I don't think it'll happen as long as Klopp is here. Not after the, the Carriers incident. Yeah, I can't see I can't see him at Liverpool, I must admit. I think they'll I don't. I think they they can have a chat and and just go on about their ways. I don't think Caro actually wants it. Um, I think he's happy as a, as a, as the pundit. There as a pundit, is. yeah. And I, I don't blame him. You know, if if you look at um, in England, uh, it was Stevie actually who said once that every Premier League manager is always eight days away from getting the sack. Um, so it's hard to instill something where you say, okay, I want to build something. Give me time. I need this. I will make this team better. I just need time. And, you know, in the end of the day, Klopp is already one of the longest serving managers in the Premier League. 
What does mm. that tell you? He still feels brand new to us. But in, in, in the end, he isn't.